Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. I hope you're, uh, you're doing okay today, sir. Hanging in there. I got a little bit, I think, of what you've had. Not as bad, but, you know, upper respiratory, messing around with my throat. You know, my oldest daughter, who lives mm-hmm. back in your area, she, right. got la- she got laryngitis um, last Friday. So maybe it's something going around. You know, some little viral thing that affects the upper respiratory in the throat. I know it affected you pretty seriously. I, I didn't think there was a virus out there that could could cripple your voice, but it did for a while, didn't it, huh? Oh, uh, it did, and, you know, it still is. It's lingering on. I mean, I've had viral things before, and it usually when it hits you, it takes a good week to get it back. But mm-hmm. the, the interesting thing is there's a flu that's going around, and... All of a sudden, you know, it turns into pneumonia. Now, I have noticed, you know, if you remember during COVID, mm-hmm. um, there was no talk of the flu. It was like it was eradicated. That's right. There, there were no flu cases. That's right. That's right. And now, think about it. On TV, there's a wolf walking around. Yeah. And it's got a fake coat on. Yeah, I've seen it. I'm just the flu. I'm just the flu. I'm just the flu. And it turns out that he's pneumonia and that they have two new flu vaccines above and beyond the regular vaccine mm-hmm. and i'm like going did was covid just the flu before but a mutated version of it and now they have to bring they have to find a new way to sell it you know and what we're getting is a new strain out there good question and speaking of viruses and speaking yes. of COVID, uh, came across this story and it, uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. Researchers at Boston University say they've developed a new COVID strain that has an 80% kill rate following a series of similar experiments first thought to have started the global pandemic that began in China. This is being developed in the labs at Boston University in the heart of one of our, our country's largest cities. And uh, what kind of protections are they taking? How sure are they that it won't leak out into the population? This has an 80% kill rate. Now, I've heard a qualifier. They say the 80% kill rate is in rats. They don't think it'll be as high in humans. Well, let's say it's 60%. Well, I don't understand it, this. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah. The the thing that I'm thinking is, uh, and as I'm going back here a little bit in time, where, uh, you know, the World Health Organization, or actually the, uh, the World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. uh, they want to get the population down. Uh, they want it down by 90%. Well, 80%, Bill. 80% kill rate. Right. What yeah. I'm saying is, you know, the, the first bullet didn't get us. Yeah. It missed. So, Supposedly, Biden has been working on it. He, he signed an executive order to encourage the study of viruses like this, to, ins- to encourage the research of more infectious viruses. Now, I don't understand this. We're just finishing a pandemic. You would think if they're doing anything, they would be working on the cures of these viruses so that they, we, we didn't get it. But instead, they're funding the uh, study of more 
um, more deadly viruses. I don't get it. Uh, again, it goes back to what you were saying. Maybe I do get it. Maybe it's the, uh, the fact that there's a, a group that wants to see, wants to see people dead. Yeah, I think so. You know, and, uh, what was it? Monkeypox. There was some, you know, with that, there was an outbreak in, in the Boston area and there was, you know, rumor that work was done on it here. Mm -hmm. So it makes, you know, it doesn't surprise me just like COVID you go down to, uh, Raleigh, Durham to uh, the uh, what, UNC down there. Mm -hmm. And the kids that were cleaning the cages, the rat droppings, got it and died, you know, and it was a Dr. Fauci funded thing. So, or sanctioned thing. I don't want to say he funded it out of his own pocket, but now uh, he was involved. You know, Biden supposedly signed the executive order. You know, we give him a lot. We say, oh, Joe's diminished. Joe's got senility. Joe shouldn't be judged because he's not thinking clearly. You, you kind of wonder sometimes that maybe he's not as uh, lost as he pretends to be, that maybe it's a good cover. You can't attack somebody who is diminished, do you know? Because this is a guy who was deeply involved in the Ukraine when he was vice mm -hmm. president. This is a guy who they say was partly responsible, if not totally responsible, for the labs going up along the Russian border. He facilitated that. He was involved with the corruption that was in the Ukraine. And now he's the president, and he's encouraging all of the turmoil. He's sending more of our money over to the Ukraine. In the meantime, we uh, are understaffed, underfunded, under-equipped with our own military right here in the United States. Um, this well, they're tearing us down. They're tearing down this country. Now, I did see somebody on the news saying, well, there's new technology. And I'm like going, wait a minute. Why are we talking about, you know, what we do and don't have? What business is it of the news? Well, there's new technology. Oh, by the way, if you look at the chart over here, we have the schematic of how to build it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. How about, ever you heard the word secret? I mean, come on. Not in Joe's mind. Well, um, I thought you'd be interested in hearing that, seeing that you are spending some time right now in the Boston area. I don't know how close you are to uh, to Calm Avenue in Boston. And uh, what is it? BU. You know, BU is a big, amazing university. I know where it is. It's yep. not that far. I'm actually in Belmont right now. Well, it's 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 down the street. And, you know, with a virus, none of us are safe. I mean, if the darn thing were to leak in Boston, it would take no time to get to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago. You saw what happened. I never even heard of Wuhan before the pandemic. I'm sorry. I Maybe I'm very limited with my uh, geographic education knowledge, but uh, I never heard of Wuhan. And all of a sudden, there's the virus, and we all know about Wuhan. Yeah. So the birthplace, the uh, birthplace of America is where? It's uh, Boston, Lexington. Oh. Yeah. So we could be the death. Uh, we could be the death. Of, oh, uh, God America forbid! Too. You know, I, my grandchildren are up in your area. So I mean, this is yeah. these are scary times. Um, I wanted to play for you a tape. Uh, Pre uh, Preston, I think his name is. I'm sorry, it's Pearson Sharp. He's a, a reporter. Uh, on OAN, and right. he does some terrific investigations 
Of course, he gets poo-pooed by the main media. Uh, you know, oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, how conspiracy. Th-. But he backs all of his stuff with up with video and facts. And it's hard to say the guy's wrong. He talked about uh, the Ukraine and the st- what we're being told about the Ukraine, and I thought you'd want to hear this. The American people are being asked to believe that little Ukraine is valiantly defending itself against the monstrous giant Russia. And its only hope is for the United States to take a stand for freedom and democracy. Except that isn't the case at all. It's a convenient story, but it's a lie. This war was manufactured from the beginning by the globalists and the tyrants in Washington and designed specifically to cripple our economy and plunge the world into a massive depression, which would help centralize the globalists' power. Don't believe me? Just listen to the globalist puppet master himself, George Soros. I set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, And the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. There is one person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, uh, and, and that's Biden. He had a lot more patience than I had in, in uh, trying to convert Poroshenko into a democratic leader. But the opportunity uh, to generate a united Ukraine, uh, getting it right, is, uh, is within your grasp. And we want to be your, uh, your partner, your friend in the project. We want to, and we're ready to assist. There is one person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, and and that's Biden. Let that sink in. George Soros has already been thrown out of Russia and Hungary, his home nation, for meddling in their affairs with his Marxist Open Society Foundation. Now we can see why. Soros, working along with Joe Biden and the globalist hegemony, is toppling governments and installing puppets like Volodymyr Zelensky to do his bidding. And now you have this same man predicting that the Russian invasion of Ukraine will spark a third world war, maybe leading to the end of all mankind. Wow. Did you hear what what Soros said out of his own mouth? Biden. The guy who was the biggest, uh, who was the most responsible with regard to what's happening in the Ukraine Mm -hmm. was Biden. He was Soros' expert. You know, um, we're not being told the whole story. It's funny. I, I saw a video of Biden in Oregon yesterday, and he's talking about the economy, and he's eating a big old ice cream cone. And he's looking like everybody's grandfather. And I'm thinking, this is so superficial. And the media. Ice cream cone down, Joe. Yeah. And the media, Bill, the media to Biden is totally different than how they were to Trump. You know, I mean, Trump, if Trump stood there, he'd be peppered with these awful questions. The the media thought they were, they're always trying to one up themselves. They're always trying to be uh, the next. who were the guys uh, with Watergate? Uh, 
uh, Bernstein and uh, and Woodward, you know. Yeah, Woodward, yeah. Bernstein, yeah. Uh, it, they're trying to be the next Woodward and Bernstein, so they, they're always having the gotcha question. They were throwing it at Trump all the time. And with Biden, they're all standing there like numbskulls while he's heating his ice cream cone. You know, so, so, first of all, does the president of the United States stand in front of the media, you know, chowing down on, on a, a cake cone with, with ice cream and talking with a mouthful of food? I mean, it doesn't say much for us, but... Uh, I, it's but embarrassing is it what is. it is. But you know what? Uh, and he's trying to, he's doing a worldwide tour. Yeah. And uh, he's trying to uh, sell the fact that, oh, we're going to get gas prices down. There's really... You know, the recession's a good thing. It means the economy is strong. Yeah, well. I'm going, it does? And you know what he's doing now? Congress has said he's got to do it, and he's going to do it. He's going to release the last of the strategic reserve. I heard that. I think they said, well, 10% more. I, 38 it, it, million it, it, barrels. It may be the last like 10% we have, though, right? Uh, See, I've heard both ways. I've heard it 30 million barrels. And I've heard it, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it is the last of what we got. Then it's gone. And what better excuse to go electric if we got no gas? Wow. It just amazes me that anybody would be considering voting for a Democrat right now. I mean, how can you possibly consider voting for the party that has given us this? And there's no sign of it turning around with these people. It's not like they're saying okay, we've done some things wrong, we're going to correct them. They're doubling down on all their mistakes. and They're sticking to their guns on it. And, you know, the, the polls are showing that people are running from Democrats uh, in all demographics, of all races, of all genders. They're running from them, but the mm -hmm. Democrats are holding strong. that They are going to do well. well How do they know this? Tulsi Gabbard is going down to Arizona to uh, campaign with Blake Edwards and uh, what's her name? Carrie, Carrie Lake. Right. That, Tulsi Gabbard was a Democrat and now she's campaigning for the Republicans. What does that say? Uh, it tells you a lot. And you know, the funny thing is uh, Carrie Lake, uh, she was on an interview. I think it was with CNN. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Yeah, and then uh, she was going. You know, she was saying that the election was stolen, 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 stolen. And, and Dana and, Bash was all over her fanny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, going, where's your proof? Where's yeah. your proof? That is the Democratic line. Where's your proof? Yeah. So I said, you know what? Okay, let me see if they ever proved the election was not stolen. They haven't. No, proved, they haven't proved it. They They've have not never tried it. to prove that it wasn't stolen. They're going, we say it's not stolen, and we're doubling down on it. Well, what? I know exactly what you're thinking, because I thought the exact same thing when I saw the interview. It's They want you to assume that because time has gone on and nobody's gone to jail, that there was no stolen election. There, the, As we get a, move further and further away from 2020, they wanted to become more and more truthful that the election wasn't stolen, and that's not the case. If well, you murder, some, Bill, if you murder somebody in 2020, and two years go by, that person is just as dead as they were in 2020, even though it's 2022. I, I know that's a re, that may be a bit dramatic as far as an example goes, 
but it's the truth. If the election was stolen in 2020 and they didn't resolve the uh, the problem, then it was still stolen. But you're and right. I'll try to you know say, well, you guys tried to prove it and you didn't prove anything. Well, you blocked you 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 guys you blocked everything. Yep. Uh, so there was no chance to do it. But there are so many different things that point to the fact that it was stolen. Well, well, where's your proof? Well, the we proof have a is- phony January six committee going on right now, Bill. A yeah. phony January six. You and I, off the top of our head, could think of five or ten good questions to ask uh, the January 6th committee, and they haven't asked it. They've avoided that. The fact that that they're going, well, we've subpoenaed Trump to testify, (laughs) and they did it two weeks before the midterms, and they did it on the last day of the committee hearings, which means they have no intention to talk to him. All right. It was just all a stage show. We went through an entire year of BS. Got a question for you. Where was the committee, the congressional committee, looking into the fraudulent uh, election? I, I didn't see it anywhere. Did you? No, I, I didn't. And you know what I believe? I, I really believe that uh, if, if by uh, the grace of God, uh, there is a big red wave that takes over that they cannot stop, which I believe there is a big red wave, but I think they're going to lie, 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 and to to seal the fate, oh, yeah. they're going to lie some more, and that's just the way it is. And they are prepared to they're they're prepared to risk war to this country in all hell on your sons, daughters, and your, oh, your sure. grandchildren. They walked us they walked us right up to uh, a nuclear war with Russia. I mean, they thought nothing of it. So we're the closest we've been in decades to nuclear war with with Russia, and it was done by Biden and his administration intentionally. So they don't have any problem doing whatever they have to do to, to win. They're prepping us for war as if, well, there's six cities that will get hit. You know, we're talking San Francisco, L.A. Uh, we're probably talking D.C. Philly. Uh, Philly, New York, and they're showing the blast radius of the bomb. Yeah. You know, and they're going, well, you know, you're going to lose 75,000 people in Los Angeles. That's nothing. You know, you know, 330 million people in this country. We got plenty to spare. Yeah. So, you know, just don't be around the blast. You'll be fine. Unbelievable. Um, But they're prepping us for it, you know, but. Do you remember when the World Trade Center went down? Oh, yeah. What it did to jobs, the economy, and everything? Oh, it was devastating. It changed our country forever. would Would we have a country if all of our... Pittsburgh would be one, too. It's a financial hub. You take out a handful of financial hubs, at least take down... It's not that you take out the hub. It's the damage to these buildings, how much money that we have in infrastructure. Let me ask you a question, Bill. Getting back to the very first thing we were talking about. If you were a terrorist and you wanted to cripple our country, bring it to its knees, and you knew that in a laboratory building in Boston, Massachusetts, they were making a deadly bioweapon, would that be a target? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, a plane crashing into that building, and that would be a target. So 
right now, don't you think as we speak, there's some terrorist group? There's a million gotaways who came across our border because of Biden and company. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're going. We don't know what they're doing. We know they're not just from Mexico. They're from all over the world. They're from Thailand. They're from Iran. They're from Afghanistan. They're from all over the world. The Ukraine, they've come across the border too. They found, But the ones that got away, we don't know where they are. Right. I don't know. If I were a terrorist group right now with everything that's going on, I would almost sit in my hands for a, a few months because with everything that's looming out there, uh, I think it's nearly impossible to think mm -hmm. that nothing will come of it. Something bad is going to come out of all of this. And they may not have to do anything. We're going to do it to ourselves. If I were in politics right now, I would put a bill together and say it's illegal to work on contagious you know, diseases like they're working on in any populated area in our country. You know, we have plenty of space that that's desolate. I mean, it, I, I can take you out to the Southwest and you, you'll, you'll travel 50 miles to get to nowhere, you know, and there are places that they could be working on these things that are safer. But in downtown Boston, in a major metropolitan city, it doesn't make any sense. You know, the CDC has every known virus to man there. And it's there for a reason, because these viruses, you know, they weren't manufactured, at least as far as I know, they weren't. Uh, but they were things that happened, and we have them there so that if we ever have to eradicate it again, we have the source to go to, to do that. But here we're talking about a virus that was manufactured. And what business do we have manufacturing things like that? I'm not a scientist, but I do know that viruses are minuscule. Um, you don't know who has a virus. You don't know where. I mean, you touch things, you can get it. You cough and you can spread it. There, You can't see it. You can't taste it. I mean, what's to stop this stuff from spreading, from getting out of the lab? They say, oh, they take all these precautions. They, they're they sprayed, and then they take showers, and their their uh, clothes are decontaminated. But well, Jim, how do you know it's not already out of the lab in, in somebody's nasty little hand somewhere? You don't, Bill, and... What really gets me, if you go to the Boston newspapers, probably uh, today, uh, you won't read much on this. Maybe you'll read something today, but you wouldn't have read it yesterday. Yeah, and how do I know, how do I know that maybe what I got, even though I'm, uh, oh, I'm, I know. Pretty good at, uh, I'm pretty good at fighting off stuff, maybe I got a variant of that. You don't uh, know. You know who broke the story, Bill? The Daily who? Mail in England broke the story about the lab in Boston. It wasn't the Boston Globe or the TV stations in Boston. It was the Daily Mail in England. What does it say about our media? Well, you know what? Uh, the media is, our media is corrupt. And, you know, we think we're safe. Like we do this thing on the internet, mm -hmm. you know, and everything you do say, 
or whatever is watched and monitored. Now, you know, you look like some, it's, it, like us, it would be easy to throttle us. Oh, and, in and, a heartbeat. And, yeah. Yeah. Because really not that many people know. We know we get a lot of response back, but you can sit there and, you know, thwart our numbers and that, uh, well, it has happened. We know that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at Bongino, well, number one, he's got a big platform that he's on a network right. source. It's hard to throttle that and take it away without being obvious. But I think that day is coming. And I think it, I think it's very close. I think it's very yeah. close. And I'm kind of worried about uh, Joe Biden and his health uh, as he goes and makes a whirlwind tour of the country, selling his his uh, his economic plan. That well, you just got to give it some time. Everything's good. If you've heard some of the uh, big Democratic supporters, his Democratic supporters, and they're starting to turn on him in Washington. Have you seen this? They want him gone. Yeah, they want him out. Uh, a lot of the happened? candidates don't want him campaigning with them. What would happen? God forbid. I don't want to wish any ill will on anybody. Something happened to him before the election. And we lost a leader. Uh, if you want to call him a leader. Would that be enough to suspend the election? It, it shouldn't be, but it probably would be. The election in a free country like we have, I think that things like elections, they should stand by themselves. They shouldn't be stopped because of uh, something else, like the loss of a president. But you're right. I look back at when Kennedy was shot. I was alive for that, right? Uh, he right. was. I think he was killed on a Friday. And uh, I think he was buried like two or three days later, and the country kind of went back to normal. It shut us down, but it didn't shut us down for as long a period of time as I think they would try to shut us down with this. I think they had tried yeah. to close, to stop the elections, if yeah, that makes any I, sense. I think so, too. I, I don't know. I, I'm, and maybe it's just the, uh, you know, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but, you know, maybe it's just the, uh, uh, maybe I got a, uh, an ounce of it in me, and I'm, I'm sitting here going, I don't trust anybody, anything of what's going on right now. Mm. We are in, in, we're, you know, here's another question. Where the hell is Jill Biden these days? She's always there in the background of Joe. Have you seen her? Well, she's probably, probably running the country. Yeah, in the <laughs> I mean, bunker. Yeah, I, I didn't see her standing behind Joe having ice cream with him. No, I just saw him on the news kissing some lady on the lips. We all know that he was Obama's vice president before he was the president on his own. A lot of us think that Obama still has an incredible amount of influence on Joe Biden. I got this little piece of audio that I found. It's a, I don't know the gentleman's name. I'll tell you right up front. But he identifies himself as a former FBI agent. I want you to listen to this very carefully. It's about two minutes long. 2008, something unbelievable happened for us in the FBI. We were getting lots of rumors about this high-level asset that worked for several intelligence agencies at the same time. He worked for the Saudi Intelligence Service. He worked for the CIA. And he was being developed as a political asset in Chicago, Illinois. He was not even a United States citizen, but it was said that he was a student visa 
and that he was a, a national from another country. In 2008, everyone in the intelligence structure found out who he was. It was this individual whose name I don't like to say, who became president in 2008 of the United States. I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States, the office of president of the United States. One of his code names was Renegade. His real name was Barry Sortaro, but uh, he adopted a different name uh, for his political career. When they ran him for president, the cabal, basically, this was the culmination of so many of their plans for so many years. His mission was to destroy the United States from within, one institution at a time. One of the things he did, of course, was he he defunded our military. He brought down he brought down uh, the resources that they got. Uh, but then he ordered our military, in many many instances and in various theaters, to attack our allies and to defend and supply and help our enemies. That's exactly how he created ISIS. He would say publicly that the military were going to bomb our, our enemies, but then he would have the military actually bomb uh, enemies of ISIS, our allies. He gave ISIS funding and equipment uh, by basically ordering our military to take equipment into a certain theater and then abandon it. And the commanders would say, that's ridiculous. We'd just be handing that stuff over to ISIS. And the president's office would say, uh, don't question orders, just follow your orders. Okay, so the thing that struck me about that whole conversation was the very end when he said he ordered his military to go into a theater of operation with a lot right. of equipment and then abandon it. That's how he funded the ISIS organization. He left our equipment for them. And I thought, wait a second, what does that remind me of? Yeah, what did yeah, Joe Biden do the first six months? He left $89 billion worth of our equipment in Afghanistan. I mean, any military leader with uh, an ounce of common sense would have said, wait a second, we don't leave anything behind. You remember during World War II when armies were retreating quickly and they were leaving their equipment behind, they blew everything up. They would stick, uh, if, it, if it was artillery, they couldn't move. They would stick charges down the barrel and blow out the barrel so the weapon couldn't be used again. That They didn't leave equipment for the enemy to use. What did Biden do? He left $89 billion. That by itself should be treason. But it's it not. to be, but uh, he's getting away with a lot of stuff that if Trump would have done even one ounce of this. Oh, I know. He, he would be buried alive under the corner pillar stone of, uh, the, you know, the Washington, D of the, the Capitol. Yep. No, you're right. I can't figure out how we're going to get out of this because it doesn't look terribly optimistic based upon what you and I believe, that the, the cheat is still on. Mm -hmm. The 2020 steal hasn't really ended. They've just paused the equipment. Yeah, and it's not going to stop. You know, it's interesting, though. You talk about Barack Obama and uh, his his origins of where he's from. Where is he from? And I have a reason to ask that. Well, he was supposedly a foreign student. He had a foreign student card at NYU. All right. Or was it Columbia? 
one of the I think it was I think it was Columbia. Anyway, whatever university he went to in New York, he had a foreign student ID. A lot of people say he's from Kenya. Originally. Right. See, there's a study out there now. Who's going to be the next, you know, world economic power? Who's going to be the major force? The next empire? It's not going to be China. It's not going to be Russia. It's not going to be us. Who you- but then they're saying there's a little province down in South Africa that is set up to become the power, the economic leader. How, I don't know. But I think, know, I think that you might see emerging of countries in Europe, like the EU may become more of a force to be reckoned with. Uh, it, right now, it's it's sort of a quasi-government, you know? Right. But it may end up being the dominant government for Europe, and Europe may become like we are, the United States of Europe. And that would be a force to be reckoned with. You know, we, we think that if there's a war with Russia right now, mm-hmm. that it, it would be like just us and them. But that's not the case. There's also Germany and uh, France. And they, they have nuclear weapons, and, and England has nuclear weapons. So Russia has more in its hands than just the United States. Yeah, they, you know, they're, they're, well, it's, it, they're in a very preca- uh, precarious way. How this is all going to play out, I don't know. But it's very important what happens in two weeks here, because that is going to define how we, uh, you know, are going to have a role in this this chess game of life that we're in. You know, we have heard about the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines uh, and the attacks on them over the last month, but I'll bet very few of you have heard of the Turk Stream pipeline. The Turk, T-U-R-K-S-T-R-E-A-M, Turk Stream pipeline. It says here, Russia foils an attack on the Turk Stream pipeline through Turkey to Europe Uh, following the ruptures of Nord Stream pipeline and the leak in Russia pipeline through Poland. So it it looks like Nord Stream 1 and 2 was just the first of many attacks. Mm -hmm. But who who was doing it? Well, some people say it's the Ukraine, but I don't think the Ukraine has the uh, capacity to do what these people are doing. No, their, their muscle is us. And the story says Putin claimed that Ukraine forces tried to blow up Turkstream. So he, he thinks it's, or he's saying it's the Ukraine, but that could be propaganda. He could be trying to create a storyline, make the Ukraine the big bad enemy, you know? Right. Well, you know, I was thinking about this. Everybody's going, oh, we got to help the Ukraine, help the Ukraine. You know, I'm not mad at the people there. I'm not mad at the, uh, the, the Western Ukrainians, the Eastern Ukrainians. Uh, they're people, but they are being played by bad leadership. And that's what it gets down to. There are bad agents in play. And Joe has, you know, many friends that are those bad agents mm-hmm. that are in play. And uh, we're, we're helping the wrong people. I want to play for you if I can find it. Uh, I could have uh, gotten rid of it, and if I did, I apologize. I I had a 
more of an elaborate uh, audio cut on the Ukraine, but I can't find right. it in my wall of stuff. Your my, wall of stuff. My wall of stuff. Yeah, I, I probably uh, ejected it from the cart rack, so my apologies for even teasing it. But um, we're not being told the whole story on the Ukraine. We're being told a narrative they want us to believe. They want us to believe that Russia is terrible. And I'm not saying Russia is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but there's more to the story than what we're being told by the media and by our governmental leaders. And I don't understand how everybody in Washington, in Congress, seems to be marching in lockstep to support the Ukraine and they're not asking questions. They're not saying, wait a second, what's really going on there? Were there labs in the Ukraine? Who who ran the labs, the bio labs? What's his name? Putin says that there were Nazis that in, in the Ukraine. And at first, everybody denied that. And then they came out and said, well, yeah. As a matter of fact, even Zelensky, when asked about it, says they are what they are. That's just about a direct quote. They are what they are. So he's admitting there were Nazis in the Ukraine. There were Nazis in the Ukraine, or I should say are Nazis in the Ukraine. Yep. Uh, we denied that there were biolabs there. They denied there were biolabs there, but yet we knew there were some labs there. And then all of a sudden, well, yeah, there's a, a handful of labs. Well, that handful of labs was like eight, ten, and yeah. now more than that. So... Well, I'm going to say we, but it's actually you. I'm going to say you, the listener, has been lied to over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And where do we go from here? I think you've got to, as an intelligent listener, I mean, the mere fact that you found us and you listen to our show means that you're looking for answers, that you're not totally convinced that what you're getting from mainstream media is the truth. And I don't think it is. I, I, I think some of it is. I think there are some truth tellers in the mainstream media. I, I like, for example, Tucker. I think he tries his best to be pretty honest. Uh, but I think there are a lot of liars out there, too. And, and that's the problem. Yeah. You can't tell the forest from the trees. You know, I mean, it's hard to say who is the liar and who isn't. But you, well, got you want to trust mainstream media. And mainstream media has... Has You know, I was going to say an agenda, but really, they have an assignment. Yeah. They are marching to orders that are coming straight out of the Capitol and the, the DNC. You know, back in the days of the Soviet Union, I can remember as a kid thinking about Toss and Pravda. I mean, I know it was a strange kid to be thinking about Toss and Pravda, but, but I mean, you think about, you hear these stories about how they're just talking about the story that the leaders of the Soviet Union wanted them to talk about, and they were silencing and squelching the truth. And I used to think, how terrible that is. How awful that is for, for people to be living in such a country where they're being, they're being told half-truths about everything. Well, we're living in it now over here. We're, being li we're living in a country that is squelched. And this, this is supposedly independent media, you know? This isn't government-owned media, but... You know, it's kind of funny. Anytime somebody comes along with a true, um, independent, free speech voice, mm -hmm. something happens, and they go the way of the Fugawi. They just... Yeah. Something bad happens to them, you know, 
Well, nobody could trust or believe them. And they go away. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to wonder, is it because nobody cared about them? Or is it because somebody sat there and said, we can't have this going on here because they got an opinion and they may give us up. So we got to shut up. I mean, you look at guys who've been, who've had very influential talk shows over the years who have them down. Well, they've, they've, they've either they've killed them in the ratings or some of them have gotten sick and died. And, and you have to wonder, "Mm, is that a coincidence? You know, what people don't realize, and I, I do a decent amount of reading. I mean, I, I read mm-hmm. about things to, that they got a lot of stuff out there. If they want to take you out with nobody knowing about it, they can do it. Yeah. the You know, you can sit there and listen to and follow the news, or you can pick your news and research that news, and then don't just sit there and go, well, now I know the truth. If you know the truth, you better start telling the truth to other people yep. so that they at least can go in and get the same information you got, not some propaganda hearsay, ah, the election wasn't stolen. Well, why is that? Because I said so. I wouldn't lie to you. Mm-hmm. Find out for yourself. And, you know, when the media goes, you know, where's your proof? You got to hit them back and saying. Well, you've never proven that it wasn't stolen. So where's your proof? Yep. Challenge them. I constantly see these talking heads, these generals and stuff coming on. Some of them who I've respected in the past coming on saying, oh, the Russians are on their heels and uh, the Ukraine is really uh, doing some amazing things. And and it looks like uh, Putin is running to a situation he didn't expect. In the face of Western reports that Russia is on its heels and retreating, the facts on the ground tell a different story. This is, I, I think this is from Reuters, I'm not sure. For starters, Russian allies with embassies still operating in Kiev are shutting down and ordering their personnel to leave the Ukraine. This includes China, Tajikistan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Turkestan, uh, Serbia, Belarus, India, and Egypt. Note that these embassies have remained open during the last seven months of the war with Russia. But all of a sudden now, they're being told by Russia, you might want to pack up your stuff for real and get the heck out of Kiev. And that's because I believe they're getting ready to do something serious with uh, that city. And uh, uh, I think the U.S., by the way, instructed their personnel to leave Kiev, too. So uh, not looking like uh, the Russians are losing, if you know what I mean. So you think it may be a tactical nuke? Well, I don't, you know, Bill, I don't think they need it. You know, we have these MOAB bombs, Moab bombs, mother of yeah. all bombs, that are not nuclear, but they will take out, they look like a small nuke. It's, it's amazing. Why not that? Well, why not that? You know, and since we're so, you know, you know, adamant about playing with viruses, why can't they create a virus that they can have a bomb that disperses in the air that has a kill circle of 100 miles and then it dissipates and goes away? That's true. And there's probably not a lot of travel in and out of uh, the Ukraine. So right. the odds of it spreading 
would probably be remote, especially yeah. if you were to knock out the airports and the transportation systems too. Yeah, take take them out, then you kill the people, then you have the infrastructure. I mean, come on, you know, if, you're, if we're talking about a war, you know, let's in you know, war is a nasty business. All right, getting back to the truthfulness of the news media, if they were to drop a non-nuclear Moab bomb in Kiev, for example. Would our media tell us that it was a non-nuclear bomb, or would they tell us it was a nuclear bomb? Oh, I think what they would do is uh, they would be chicken little for a while, and the sky is falling, the nukes are falling, the nukes are falling. Mm -hmm. Well, on further investigation, it was just a big Moab bomb. But they would sit there and use the scare tactic because it works. Hmm. Well, what do you think? I... Uh, I don't know. I, I really, you know, it is, I know we're not being told the truth about the Ukraine. We weren't told the truth about Afghanistan when Biden left. I mean, when you hear an FBI agent say that one of their strategies was to go into an area and then withdraw without taking your equipment, that was a way for us to supply the enemy. When right. you hear that, and then you hear, you see what we did with the Afghanistan situation. It's the exact same thing. I, I'll never understand how we left $89 billion worth of stuff. Black Hawk helicopters, our very latest night vision goggles. I mean, they said they were so new that we don't have them over here. They were well, sent they over were there. They were in the box there. They, you know, so they got new gear. It was a payment to them. I mean, we didn't have to have a plane fly by and drop off you know, pallets of money. Taliban, from what I understand, they they can't use all the stuff that was left behind. So what are they doing? They're selling it to other countries. Mm -hmm. Is this stupidity? Is this lunacy? Does this make any sense at all? No, it well, doesn't it, make it, sense. It, it is this, stupidity. But. Th this goes back to everything this guy is doing. Everything this administration is doing, Bill, the border, does that make any sense at all to any rational person that we're just leaving it unattended and anybody and their brother can walk across? All he's going to do when it's when attention's drawn to it is find a way to walk around and go right back to what he was doing before because there is an agenda. We don't know what it is, but there is an agenda, and it's not a good agenda because it does nothing to benefit you or me or anybody else except for Joe and his cronies. We mentioned that Tulsi Gabbard is going down to Arizona to campaign for Carrie Lake and for Blake uh, Masters. She talked about in an interview recently why she left the Democratic Party. And it's, uh, it's interesting. The Democratic Party of the past, the Democratic Party that I joined doesn't exist anymore. The party that was... Um, you know, the party of JFK, of Dr. Martin Luther King, the party of inclusivity, the big tent party that welcomed and encouraged this marketplace of ideas and conversations and people who held different views, the party of, uh, you know, that championed women and equality and the rights of people in our society. That party just, it doesn't exist anymore. And instead we have a party that's being led by, by people who have gone insane with this ideological, uh, fanaticism. Now, mind you, she was a Democratic superstar. Okay, she was a rising star in the Democratic Party within the last five or six years. Right. And now she says it's being run by people who have gone insane, the party. 
Uh, I think that's speaks that's a pretty for bold statement. Yeah. She's an honest person, I think. I think she's looked around at the landscape and said, this isn't what I joined up for, you know. Well, you used to be a Democrat, and you saw yeah. how it changed. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people that got on that bus, you you sit, you ride a bus until it, it doesn't take you any further, or you, go, you sit there and go, this bus is not going anywhere near where I want to go. I was a Democrat until 1980. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to see what was going on with Carter right. and company. And uh, I thought, this is not for me. And when Ronald Reagan said, I didn't leave the Democratic Party, it left me, I felt the exact same way. And I was a young guy then. Fortunately, I was smart enough to uh, make the move. Yeah. See, I, I, I think the reason that a lot of people haven't left sooner is because, you know, it, it's it's like a masquerade party. And the Pelosi's and the Schumer's, they put on their mask of uh, of inclusiveness and everything that, oh, we're, we're really all of this. But their masks are getting old and worn, and people are starting to see them for Ooh. the monsters they really are. You know, I had a, a brother. He's deceased now. Good guy. And he believed a lot of what I believe. He was the same kind of guy basically as me. But he couldn't bring himself to change parties. See, we were brought up in an uh, Irish Catholic, Democratic, Massachusetts family, you know, uh, from suburban Boston. And, you know, he, it, was, it was like they had given it to us intravenously. You know, you'll be a certain type of person, and this is how you'll vote for the rest of your life. And I can understand when I talk to friends or see friends on the internet who are who are kind of agreeing with me on stuff, but then they, you'll see them leaning towards voting for a Democrat, and I'll think, I understand they they don't under they can't bring themselves to to drop the party and move on because you feel that you were part of of movement a cause you have your ideals vested in this movement this cause and what you don't realize is you're labeled well you're a republican you're a democrat just remember republicans democrats the parties they are businesses that's all they are is a business the party has changed right. it's not the party that you were so loyal to back in 1980 or 1990. Right. This is a totally different party. These are socialists. Some right. would say these are communists. They don't have our best interest at heart. I right. mean, they, you look at the border, Bill. I, I keep going back to the border. I just that is the most that is the most apparent uh, desecration of our country, and nobody is doing anything to stop it. You have to separate yourself from the fabric fabric of the party that you're in and see what they are really all about and go, do I want to be under this umbrella or do I move myself? Or, you know, maybe I'm an independent and to hell with the parties. That's, that's true. That's very true. If I didn't have to be in a party, because in Pennsylvania, you do. You have to be, if you want to vote in a primary, you have to be in a party, okay? That's, that's the way it is. But if it was like Massachusetts, I think Massachusetts, you can be an independent. And vote right. in the primary for whoever you want to vote for. I would be an independent. 
because there's a lot on the Republican side that turns my stomach. There's a lot of the old school Republicans in Washington who haven't done much to stop the crisis that we've moved into. You know, they're, and just they're not going to now. And that's what, you know, that's what bothers me in two weeks. Let's say that the uh, red wave happens. You can't stop it. Well, okay. Now you got the Kevin McCarthy's you got, uh, Mitch, uh, what, uh, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. You know, he's not going to change, uh, his, his coat of colors there. He's going to stay the same old Mitch. Well, you got to vote him out. I mean, if you are one of the new, you know, representatives who went in there and said, well, you're going to make a difference. You've got to, uh, these guys can't be voted into that position anymore. You know, they have to be voted in by their peers. You know, they, yeah, but Mitch is good for how many more years? And he's probably not going to run after that. Well, they all say, um, this is my well, last they don't, one. He doesn't have to be the leader of the party. That's true. He doesn't have to be the leader of the the Senate. They, he can still be a senator. They can make they can elect a new majority leader. And they can elect a new speaker of the House. You know, it's interesting. Somebody said it this could be done and and I've heard nobody say it couldn't be done, but they said you can actually elect a speaker of the House who isn't a representative. You can, That's true. You can actually, you can. if they, for example, if they wanted Trump to be the Speaker of the House, Congress could elect Donald J. Trump as the Speaker of the House, and even though he wasn't elected as a representative, I think See? that would be amazing. Because if that were to happen, and then they were to impeach Biden and Carmela, right? Who's next in line? The Speaker of the House. Yeah, that would be. Uh, that would It'd make, be interesting. That would cause you know, some hackles uh, uh, to rise, wouldn't it? Huh? That, yeah. That would make some people on the left a little, uh, uh, that would give them upset stomachs, I'm sure, at the very least. Yeah. Well, we got 21 days left until the, uh, the midterm massacre. And, um, you know, keep up with the news mm -hmm. and uh, get ready. Just You've got to make sure that your vote counts. Yes. So be there, show up in numbers is all you can do. And... Uh, even and though Bill and I are pessimistic about the outcome because we we just don't think the system has been dismantled, that it's still there, and all they have to do is hit the on switch again, and the cheat will be on. Uh, oh, yeah, or hit the paper shredder so when the ballots come in, yeah. oops, oh, well. I'm oh, I was going to tell you, you know in Chicago, Bill, you know yeah. they have, they have uh, election poll watchers that right. are supposed to be independent. Each party will have a poll watcher. Now, one of the prerequisites they've said is you have to be fully vaccinated now to be a poll watcher, fully vaccinated. So if you are uh, on a list of poll watchers in Chicago, let's say who are Republican, and you haven't got all four shots, good luck. You're out. Is that constitutionally? I don't think they care. They figure if it's a, if it's a problem, it'll take you longer than two weeks to resolve it. Yeah, I don't know that that's even legal. I know, uh, but hey, listen, we're doing it. If you want to uh, contact us, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight or eight three three Let's Vote. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Lots of mail, but it's all about stories and things like that, and it's uh, really not you. It's mm -hmm. groups that want to uh, get stories on the show. And I'm like, going, yeah. we have our stories. We yeah. want you. 
do us a favor. Uh, please tell your friends about the show. Maybe tell them how to how to find us, and uh, because that's how that's how podcasts work. They work through uh, essentially word of mouth. Yeah, you got to listen, like, and comment, and yeah. and share. Listen, like, comment, share. You do that, we grow. You don't do that, we travel along, yeah. and we have a, a good base. But yeah. You know, like it to be I think bigger. we can say this. You know, we get a record of the number of downloads, and downloads usually are not the people who are listening to the show, but they're the streaming companies, uh, for example, like iHeart and, and some of the others, iTunes, who will actually go to our uh, provider, which in our case is uh, Podbeam, and they download the program into their system automatically, and then it's dispersed throughout their streaming system. And we have Everywhere. no, yeah, we have no record of that. We have no idea of how many people are listening on the streams. But well, that's you, true. You, you did something yesterday with uh, was it TikTok, which I thought was well, kind of yeah, interesting. A lot of people do that. You know, they they do the thing. I did a video on TikTok, and then I saw okay, you know, uh, a, a boatload of people sat there and uh, watched the little 30-second video thing, liked it, and then they, they went on to go to the show. Yeah. Now, the, the interesting thing is I'm sitting there going, well, you know, in just a few hours' time, uh, I had a, a 189 confirmed, you know, people that were parlaying over. Yeah. But I didn't see one damn one of them, uh, you know. Yeah. But I got feedback. Well, sure. It's a great show. So what we're saying is our internal system on Podbeam didn't show, didn't reflect the downloads. Exactly. But you had people who were responding. So we don't really have a good handle on the size of our audience. We do know that at times it is substantial, I mean big. Uh, we have listeners in countries like Russia, Germany, Brazil, Thailand, uh, parts of Central America. It goes on. Yeah, if you add up all the foreign listeners that we have daily, yeah, all right, they do not, or uh, well, they are are massive. The what we show as legitimate downloads mm -hmm. doesn't even crack that number. Yeah, and so you know you you sit there. Now, is it because it's delayed, throttled, or we just don't know how to count this stuff? You know, who knows? Well, but as long as you're listening. Yeah. And we appreciate it. We appreciate the fact that you're there. Hey, one more thing. I didn't mention this. Uh, you know Parler, the uh, social yeah. platform? You know who bought it or is buying it, put an offer in to buy it? Kanye West. Kanye West is going to buy Parler. I thought oh. that was kind of interesting. I guess he goes by the name Yee now. I guess. Yeah, he changed his name to Yee, which is yes. interesting. I was going to contact I him. I was thinking of changing my name to Ha. Ha. Yeah. Yeah, then it could be the Yeehaw and you show. Could be you could be You took my line. I was going to say I was going to change my name to Ha. Great minds think alike. Hey, listen, friends, that's going to do it for us. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. And with a little bit of luck, we'll be doing it again tomorrow, same time right here. Yeah, I'm going to change my name to Yippee. Yippee Kaye. <laughs> what did you say yesterday? That was a good way to end the show. It's the 204th episode of our program, and what? And Joe Biden's still an idiot. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. I'll see you.